You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Online Enquirer publisher here with you. And today on the podcast, we got to talk about a couple Danes. Dane Danger, the newest Illini basketball player, Baylor transfer, commit, former top 100 prospect, only played three games over two years at Baylor, but he will join the Illini at the semester break, so he fills that open scholarship. Uh, everyone was wondering where, where that would go. Well, it's going to a pretty talented player uh, and a former top 100 prospect, six foot nine, 260 pound big man, uh, a lot of skill. We'll break that down with Derek Piper, and then we got to talk about the Great Dane. Uh, so many nicknames you could come up with. Magnus Muller. Not that he needs a nickname with uh, all name team Magnus Muller. But uh, kid from Denmark, six foot nine, 300 pounds. And I met him in person, and yes, he is every bit of all of that. Uh, big time developmental prospect, but Illinois is shipping internationally to help their offensive line rebuild under Brett Bielma. We'll talk about him as well as. And Illinois gets another commitment, a three-star cornerback, Elijah McCantos. We'll break that all down here on the podcast today. So sit back and relax, and we'll break this all down for you. I'll talk football, the two newest commitments, but Derek Piper's going to join me next to break down what the Illini basketball program is getting in Dane Danger. That's up next on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Danger. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper. Dane Danger is now going to be a fighting Illini. Illinois didn't him the first time around, but as we know, Derek, it's important to keep relationships with those players or have a positive relationship when you recruit them because it could happen again in the next year or two. And that's what happens. Brad Underwood and his staff, a new look staff, able to get Dane Danger on board. Former top 100 prospect, Baylor transfer. What can you tell us about Dane Danger, the player you saw when he was a recruit on the AU circuit? Yeah, he was super impressive playing UIBL. Uh, Howard Pulley uh, out of Minnesota. He, he was born in Chicago, moved to Minneapolis. But it was just amazing to see the fact that you have a six foot nine big man who had the skill and just the versatility offensively that he was able to display. Someone that could play inside, that had some moves in the post and, and could back you down. But uh, where he really gave opponents fits was he was going to pull you out to the three-point line. Uh, he was able to be a good passer, finding his guards. Uh, but his skills, like to put the ball on the floor, could handle it, honestly, like a guard a lot of times, uh, being able to break down opponents. And uh, mid-range game is, is decent. Uh, extended to three, some, you know, he shot selectively from three, about 30%. So that's something that, at, and that was in the EYBL. Um, he hasn't shown that, you know, in, in college quite yet. But someone that can stretch the floor, that can play make. And just when you think about, and we'll, we'll talk more kind of just overall fit, but 
pairing him in a front court with uh, Ty Rogers with the Coleman Hawkins. If you play those three together, those are all three guys that can put the ball on the floor, they can play make, they can uh, create someone else a shot or, or take the ball off the dribble and get their own shot. So uh, he's intriguing and exciting. Needs to get in shape, had foot surgery, missed his freshman year this past year uh, at Baylor. So going to be spending a lot of time with Fletch. But to get him, uh, you look back on him as a prospect, top 100 big man, had an offer obviously from Baylor, Ohio State. Michigan State didn't offer, but they were very involved. He was highly sought after, very highly thought of, and uh, now you're going to get a chance to try to tap into that potential. You mentioned a lot of programs that Brad Underwood has a lot of respect for. And I know Baylor, after playing them last year, he's got a ton of respect for them. I'm looking at Jerry Meyer, uh, our director of basketball scouting. His scouting report uh, from 2019 said, has a wide space controlling frame at 6'9". Conditioning has been an issue in the past, when it is now. Has nimble feet and a highly skilled game. Good athlete, not overly explosive. Proficient back-to-the-basket scorer who can also face up and shoot from the outside. Very comfortable with basketball. Has a feel for passing. Strong rebounder. Uh, defending on the perimeter can be a challenge. Good positional interior defender who can also block shots. Should develop into an NBA draft pick. Like, like He thinks he's got that kind of uh, potential. Of course, we haven't seen that a year and a half into his college career, Derek. So, um doesn't play his first year foot injury at Baylor um, in red shirts the entire year. Plays just nine minutes in three games this year, all mop-up duty. Didn't learn anything from that. I know you watched the nine minutes of that. Um, why do you think Illinois was so interested in him despite that? I think he's a good fit with Omar Payne. I think that they complement each other and they bring different skill sets. And, and ultimately, you are still, I mean, we've, we've talked about, it's not here yet, and enjoy the fact that it's not the fact of life after Kofi, uh, but you are going to have to prepare for that. And Omar, to this point, hasn't shown that he's definitely going to take the reins as the starter. Ultimately, uh, I think that between Omar and Dane Danger, they can compete for the, those minutes. And uh, Omar has the athleticism. He's a shot blocker, a rim runner, a, a lob catcher. Dane is more of this, the skilled guy, the guy that needs to work on his body. Omar needs to add some skill. And, and, and so they, I think they complement each other that way. Just they're different pieces. And Brad talks about uh, having different options and, and, and having a different look about you based on uh, what lineup he wants to throw out there. So uh, it really gives you an opportunity between both of them that were highly touted recruits. Omar, a top 50 guy, Dane, a top 100 guy, to try to get yeah. them right, try to tap into their potential. And while not every guy's going to be a hit, it, getting those type, getting multiple guys uh, gives you a chance to, to try to tap into that. So uh, I think that's what they're looking for with him. Uh, certainly going to provide depth at the very, very least. And I think they hope to get him right physically and be a big contributor as early as next year. And I would imagine, Derek, he sees Kofi. He sees what happens when they get him the ball, like how this, they operate with him, how they've developed him, and then Adam Fletcher uh, and the impact he's had. Like, this makes a lot of sense for Dane Danger, too. It absolutely does. Yeah, that was – and talking to him some, you know, as he was making his decision over the weekend, it was uh, the coaching staff utilizing their bigs, what they look for, their kind of – their style. And obviously they have an emphasis of getting to the post. And uh, also you see the way that – Coleman is, is starting to emerge and, and see a guy that can play on the perimeter, that can uh, do some different things. And, and then, yeah, obviously what they've done with Kofi with his body and the fact that I think if you would have talked, when we talked, I'm sure there's a podcast out there somewhere, 
as Kofi was going to Illinois, he'd say, well, conditioning has been a little bit of an issue. His body is, he's a massive guy. He's very talented, but he's got to stay on the court for sustained stretches. And obviously he's done that at Illinois. Uh, they're hoping that they can do the same thing with Dane because uh, he's up to 270 now. And in his limited minutes that I saw of him, you can tell that he's, one, still quite out of shape and uh, rusty coming off the fact that he didn't play all of last year. And uh, I don't know about his foot you know it was he had surgery there so is he 100 uh, percent but you have time to try to get him right and yeah he sees Kofi's development sees a, a staff that wants to get the big man involved and uh, ultimately that's a, a big opportunity for him and also close to home so I'm trying to think of the spectrum of possibilities right for for what Dane Danger could bring to Illinois uh, you got to think of a, a life past Kofi Coburn I, I think you make a great point Derek like Maybe Omar Payne doesn't work out. Maybe Danger doesn't work out. But if you add as many talented big men as you can, you got a better chance of one of them working out rather than, I mean, let's be honest, the first couple of years of the Brad Underwood era and even filling them in with guys like Jermaine Hamlin. Um, but you think back of all the bigs they've taken chances on, Matisse Vasile, like it's hard to find very talented big men. Omar Payne's got a lot to work with. I know he hasn't played a lot this year. He's probably going to play a lot next year, right? Like with Kofi gone, most likely. Like he's going to. He, that's a guy that if he can figure out just where to be, when to be there, those kind of things, give that motor revving all the time. I I see a Marcus Bingham kind of player, right, where he can be a, a really great rim runner and, and, and rim protector. While Danger's kind of a, a really good complement to that, um, but. Best case scenario for Danger is it Trevian Williams? Like, is that is that kind of a model? If everything works out, that guy could potentially be like that. Like, I'm just trying to think of a comp skill wise that that would work. And you know, Trevian Williams is one of the best players in the Big Ten in yeah. the country, so I don't want to set that. But like, best case scenario, maybe it's that. Worst case scenario, um, he just gives you five, ten minutes off the court uh, and, and just doesn't get into shape, but but still is a big man who can take up some space. Yeah, I, I think that certainly makes sense. And Trevion was a guy that went to Purdue and needed to work on his body and uh, you know had some, some baby fat or whatever you want to call it in terms of trying to trim that up. And uh, I don't know that Danger's quite the – I mean, Trevion's – his passing out of the post is pretty – like yeah. sep- separates him in terms of his game. I don't know that Danger's shown that. And maybe Danger can do more off the dribble. Maybe it would be a cross of – Travion and like a Mark Vital type, I, I guess. I mean, obviously, oh. they saw they saw that at they saw that at Baylor. Just the style. I mean, Brad was raving about that kid after uh, he had a great game against Illinois. Right now, I don't want to say that uh, you know Mark Vital was someone that could switch onto Io Desumu and make sure he didn't get to his right hand. I don't know that Danger's going to do that, but obviously, someone that was uh, you know just very versatile and very. Uh, a it's good like, passer. That's why, why I like that Keyshawn Hall kid that they offered. It's just yeah, there's there's not sure. many guys who are that big that are skilled like that, right? So it's it's a really intriguing uh, skill set size combo. Yeah, certainly. And, and I mean, yeah. Worst case scenario is is he struggles to ultimately get into the, the proper shape uh, to you know play up to his potential. And uh, back to your original point, like there's a big difference in taking a, a roll of the dice on a Greggy Boy Bedeen, a Matisse Vasile, a, a Brandon Lieb, Jermaine Hamlin versus yeah, we're gonna we're gonna roll the dice on some guys that were once in the top one hundred and, and see if we can turn them into the players that a lot of people thought they would be. 
Yeah, and uh, I mean, this is the 13th roster spot for this year. So he's got, he's going to be here uh, in, in January. He'll get here and be able to work with the team, practice with the team, which is great. Can't play because he played at Baylor this past year. That could be very invaluable. Uh, so he'll have a full, what, 11 months before he plays his first game uh, at Illinois, but he'll have 11 months with Illinois. And plus, he's been at Baylor, man. He was just with the national championship team under a great uh, coach and uh, Scott Drew. So you love adding that to your program and you see the bottom of the roster Derek is is getting a heck of a lot better when we're talking about next year who's the bottom of the roster Brandon Pajimski Sincere Harris you know Brandon Lieb right now would be that Benjamin Bossman's Verdong but like your eight through 13 guys that's really starting to improve and that just increases the competition increases the depth and let's be honest we're seeing better depth. I mean, R.J. Melendez and, and Luke Goody are giving Illinois a lot more than some of the freshmen who would come in two, three years ago. Yeah, absolutely. When you have a 22, 2022 class of three top 100 players, and you look back to 2021, and that was three guys that were in the top 100 just outside of it, and Goody, Melendez, and Podjemski, and uh, bring back Curbelo, bring back Coleman Hawkins, have Omar Payne, who was a former top 100 guy. Now, rankings, once you ultimately get to this level, uh, you know, they don't matter anymore, and you're going to have to produce. And, and there's still talent there. There's still <laughs> talent there, yeah, for sure. Uh, there, there's, as recruiting guys ourselves, we understand there's a reason for those rankings, and that's what uh, you know coaches ultimately want to find is something to mold with, something to work with. Uh, so, yeah, it's impressive to see uh, the depth that they're putting together uh, as far as that talent goes, and they just continue to be on a, a really nice run of recruiting yeah. momentum. And let's talk about that. Now you lock up that, that last spot, the, the transfer bid. You get him now instead of going into the spring, Derek. I mean, maybe you could still add one if, if a roster spot opens up. But now this really lets you focus on, on 2023, right, in 2024 where they already have a commitment and Marez Johnson who looks great. Jeremy Fears has been here twice in a week. That seems like a pretty good sign there, Derek. Kylan Boswell, we got an update on him. Like, you're, you're star hunting right now in 2023 so it's a great job by what tim anderson it was a heck of a month of november just just uh bat flipping the entire time here uh and now jeff alexander's up to bat it feels like with, with jeremy fears visiting here so much reggie jackson mr october <laughs> tim anderson mr november is that is that what we're looking at uh yeah I, I think that i noticed that someone shouted out tim in the orange crush as they were going pre-game and he gave a little wave. They know who he is now. If you didn't know who that guy was, the new assistant from DePaul, that they're certainly aware of the the waves that he's making recruiting wise. And which which way? Kudos to the Orange Crush. I thought they were chanting, "We want Jeremy uh, for me," but no, it was for Jeremy Fears uh, sitting over uh, by the uh, family members the rest of the way. So, no hard feelings. I get it. I get it. I think they want both of these. I think that they want both Jeremys. Uh, they have one. They they want to get the other one. And uh, yeah. For him to be there with his two brothers, Jeremiah and Jamari, and obviously his dad, Jeremy Sr., uh, second time that Jeremy Jr. has been here in the last couple of days and uh, a chance to be home for Thanksgiving, Joliet native where his family still is, and uh, it's a really good sign. And he told me on Friday that he's starting to feel like he's getting close to a decision, and I don't think it's going to be like you know tomorrow or next week or anything, but I think Illinois is trending really well, and this is a chance for – 
Jeff Alexander, who has been on this one hard ever since he was promoted to this assistant coach role to, to get on the board. Not that you know he hasn't been contributing in some of these other, uh, you know, in a supporting role in some of these other recruiting pitches, but uh, that's his lead. He's done a really good job, and there's uh, obviously a lot to like about the way the program's trended, what they've done with in-state talent, and uh, what they've done with guards. And I think that ultimately they think that Curbelo, I know that Fears is a guy in 23, so he wouldn't be here next year, it'd be the year after that. So uh, there's a good chance that Curbelo will will be NBA ready by then. Uh, and they need a, or they want a pure floor general, general to come in and fit that same mold. And Jeremy can be that guy. Looking at if, if Jeremy Fears ended up in, in Illinois, uh, 2023 roster of Jaden Epps, Jeremy Fears, Sincere Harris, Brandon Pajemski, the Wisconsin Mr. Basketball, in your backcourt. <laughs> Think of all those years, Derek. I couldn't yeah. have a guard. Like, that's just – that's loaded. It's a lot of options. Again, we're talking about just the competition on the roster. Year after year, you bring the same players. It's it's what makes Purdue, Michigan, Michigan State so great is when they keep churning these guys year after year after year. Uh, Illinois, don't know if it's going to happen yet, but they're setting themselves up with the talent they're getting to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, they are for sure. And I, to get a lot of bites at the apple, right? Yes. You get enough bites at the apple, one of those times you're going to go pretty far. Yeah, definitely. And there is the ability to play together when you look at, you know, guys like Epps, who's a combo guard, a pure scorer, and someone in fears who can get him the ball, and Harris being that lengthy off guard that, you know, can do some things off the dribble, but also a nice lefty stroke. And really those three guys are – those guys are dogs. Like Jeremy Fears is a really like high motor defender in your face uh, as an on-ball defender and um, great leader so far in terms of all indications, just kind of the way that he approaches the game and doesn't need to improve the jump shot, but someone that's very good in the pick and roll uh, can find the, the roll man, can find the shooters and spray it. And uh, a, a guy that really plays well going up and down too. And I think that's something that you notice about uh, the guys were mentioned, and, and Paz has a chance to develop too. Some obviously a very talented scorer out of Wisconsin who don't write him off just because you know what seven games into his freshman year he's he hasn't quite maybe figured it out or cracked a, a rotation with those veterans. So uh, yeah, a lot to like about the guard talent, and then man at forward with or in the front court with Ty Rogers and Hawkins, and ultimately Merez Johnson at some point. Dane Danger, Payne, uh, yeah. It's Goody, looking pretty Melendez, good. Yeah. Goody, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, not uh, looking too bad for Illinois. Just a lot of different pieces and a lot of uh, top 100-type talent there for Illinois. All right, we're going to go from Dane Danger to talking about the great Dane. But, uh, Derek Piper, thanks for breaking down the uh, newest Illini and uh, Baylor transferment. Absolutely, man. And uh, shout-out to Kylan Boswell, too, Champagne native, that maybe if Fears ultimately ends up at Illinois, I'm sure they will be talking quite frequently. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's shift our focus now over to Illinois football, where two more commitments in the class of 2022 as Brett Bielma and his staff really push to close on their prep and JUCO recruiting efforts. Still going to be a lot going on in the transfer portal, and we'll hit on that here in a little bit. But let's talk about the two new prep prospects that Illinois has added. And let's start with the great Dane, Magnus the Muller. Uh, Magnus Muller uh, from Denmark, six foot nine, 300 pounds. And uh, obviously going to be a bit of a developmental project, but what a big uh, brick of clay coming over from Denmark that uh, Brett Bielema and company get to mold here. Magnus Muller had offers from 10 Division I programs, uh, including Cincinnati and uh, Louisville. So he's actually one of the higher in-demand offensive linemen that Illinois has, has landed in this class, but he is a no-doubt tackle prospect. I, I get to see him in person. 6'8", six, 6'9", six, is totally legit. Like, he's standing next to Hunter Whitenack, who is 6'7", 320 pounds, and Magnus has a couple inches on him, and he does have a, a good frame. He's going to have to add a lot of strength to that. But this is a, a nice lottery ticket for Illinois. Uh, he's obviously going to have a lot of competition, uh, a huge step up in competition here. Uh, for people that don't know Denmark, and I didn't know this until I started researching it, but uh, American football is really growing in Central Europe. Germany is starting to produce some prospects, Austria, uh, but Denmark, which is obviously like most uh, countries in Europe, soccer is the number one sport, but American football. Uh, is really starting to grow in popularity there. And, and Magnus got into football actually probably earlier than some guys who were going to sign in this class from America. He got into football when 11 or 12 years old. His older brother played football. Um, his uh, stepdad is uh, a former British football player, so American football player from Britain. Um, so he's got a background in this sport. And Denmark has a lot of club teams sprouting up. Obviously not the competition that he's going to face here in America, so he's going to have a transition, right? I don't think Magnus Moore, it's fair to think he's going to come in and play right away. But once he gets in with Tank Wright uh, and gets to add strength to that frame, uh, he's got really quick feet. He's got unbelievably long arms, and if he can bend his knees better, I think Ryan Eastling broke this down really well in his, his film room, um, there's a knee bender and then there's a, a waist bender. You don't want to be a waist bender because then you lose uh, some power, you lose some leverage uh, against defensive linemen who tend to be a little bit smaller, can get, get lower to the ground. So as long as he improves that technique, bends his knees a little bit more, if he gets his arms on you and he adds that upper body strength, he's going to be a, a guy who can really um, potentially dominate some people. Uh, with his size, if he adds that power, he's a really tough run blocker, plays really physically, um, and, and he's just got to get better in pass sets, right? So all of that, like this is a really good project for Bart Miller to take on with a, with a really high upside because if you can figure out, um, you know, to get the most out of Magnus, who seems like a great kid, really intelligent, 
Uh, talked with uh, one of his uh, placement guys, Brandon Collier, a former player at UMass, and, and he thinks Mueller can be a really uh, good diamond in the rough here for Illinois. So he's not a given. Uh, no prospect is, but certainly one who's going to be going through a transition like Magnus Moeller. But there's a lot of tools there to work with, both from a personality side, intelligence uh, side, and then, of course, all the physical traits that he has. Has the length, has the quickness, has the physical mindset, has the intelligence. So uh, I, I think he's uh, the kind of tough, smart, dependable player they want, but uh, we'll see where he is in about two years. And uh, But for Illinois to add a fifth offensive lineman to this class and a no-doubt tackle, I think is really important because you have Magnus Moeller now, who you think can potentially be a left tackle. Hunter Whitenack, who can be a dominant uh, you know, run-blocking right tackle at some point, and if not, maybe he moves inside. Matt Fries out of New Jersey. His brother, Will, is an NFL player, former All-Big Ten player at Penn State. You feel like he can play inside. Maybe if you need to, uh, can play out at tackle, has enough length potentially to do that. Uh, but then you got Joey Oakle, who I think – it was a really good find for the first commit in this class. Just a really good Big Ten uh, prospect, I believe, on the interior. Could play center or guard. And then the in-state kid, Clayton Leonard, I, I think we'll need some time to develop, add some strength. But you got a good foundational class of offensive linemen. Not all these guys will probably pan out, but they're all a little bit different. Um, and, and I don't think you're ever going to see probably, you know, the odds aren't that all these guys are in five starting spots. Like you're going to see... Moeller, Fries, Okla, Leonard, Whitenack. I, I don't know if in four years that's going to be your starting offensive line, but I think you got a lot of good pieces there, good foundation, all with a physical mindset uh, that can kind of help fortify the offensive line in a couple years. I think Okla and Whitenack probably have the best chance to, to get into the two deep early, and Illinois certainly might have to have that uh, given the offensive line, but they still have to add a couple transfers here. With, with losing four starting offensive linemen, I'd expect them to look at the Juco route, Isaiah Adams, a Juco prospect from Garden City that I think is one to watch. He just took an official visit to Kansas. Uh, Illinois really needs to push to get him on campus, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do. He was considering uh, coming on campus last week, but Illinois might want to save these, make the last push uh, for some of these prospects as well. But uh, some work to do for the immediate offensive line, but this class of five prep offensive linemen certainly gives you a brighter future, uh, especially with Zach Barlow, Josh Crutes, Brody Wisecarver, guys they feel good about in the long term in that uh, freshman class right now as well. All right, and uh, Elijah McCantos is the latest addition, the 19th commitment in the class of 2022, and he's one of the better prospects on paper and athletically in this class. Um, you know, right above Jordan Anderson uh, in the recruiting rankings. So the Jared Beatty, Oka, Laffrey, uh, Laffrey, Pugh, Miller, he's he's one of the top eight-ranked prospects in this class for Illinois. And you look at his offer list, it's as good as any offer list uh, that Illinois, uh, of any Illinois commit in this class. At some points, I, I don't know if these schools were pushing, didn't seem like it, obviously, but LSU, Michigan, Penn State had offered. That tells you about the talent that Elijah McCantos has. Maybe he was lower on their board than Illinois, but he's six foot with a six foot five wingspan, great athleticism, uh, and, and being from Florida, it seems to be a trait. Um, Illinois had a lot of good DBs from Florida that aren't afraid to come up and make hits and be physical, even if they're a little slighter in build. And, and McCantos will have to add uh, some strength here, but he is. He, it's, I think it's Rod Smith and Corey Patterson always said he's not afraid to stick his face in the fan, as they like to say. He's just a physical player with a high upside, um, and he's a kid that 
wants to early enroll uh, at Illinois, so that just makes it even better, especially with losing Tony Adams. You need some competition there. I, I don't know if McCantos, you're going to count on a true freshman to, to start right away, but he can push Tad Nicholson. He can push Tyler Strain and Daniel Edwards, two guys who are likely going to compete. And I would expect uh, Illinois to add a transfer at this position to add a more ready-to-play player. But when, when you think about what they want in DBs, uh, it's kind of the Devin Witherspoon mold. And I do think Lovey Smith and, and uh, Brett Bielema and Ryan Walters kind of want similar traits uh, in corners. A, a lot of people do, right? Length, physicality, competitiveness, and McCanto certainly has that. So Illinois has done a really good job in this recruitment. They offered him in March, really made him a priority in the spring and summer, uh, we're trying to get him on campus in the summer, but he kind of took tours of, of some of these big programs and got some offers from some of these big programs. Uh, but Illinois really kept pushing, and they were one of just two schools to get an official visit from McCantos. The other was Washington State. Uh, he visited there in September. Of course, Nick Rolovich is out as head coach. They hired their D.C. They promoted him to be the head coach, but uh, the distance there was tough to overcome. And then Aaron Henry, the defensive backs coach for Illinois, as well as George McDonald, did a really, really good job in pushing to close Elijah McCanto. So uh, I think he's one of the, you know, I think he's a really good get for Illinois late in this class. A top 1,000 prospect, top 100 cornerback uh, in the country. And, man, they just continue adding these Florida DBs. And that's gone pretty well. you got to give Lovey Smith credit for that. Kenoto Hudson uh, was a big part of this, kind of filling the room uh, with these Florida DBs. But next year, cornerback, uh, all of these guys are from Florida. Devin Witherspoon, Taz Nicholson, Daniel Edwards, Tyler Strain, D.D. Snyder. Now you had Elijah McCantos. It is a very young room. Uh, we do got to say that. But uh, even when you go down to the safety room, Kirby Joseph, Quan Martin. Sidney Brown played is from Canada but played high school football in Florida. Joriel Washington, Keontae Curry, both from Florida as well. And then Prince Green uh, is from Georgia, uh, not too far away from Florida. So definitely going south for a lot of these DBs, but it's worked out pretty well. And, uh, you know, Aaron Henry from Florida as well. seems like he's going to continue that pipeline. So I think two really good gets here. Magnus Moeller, you know, again, wait two years, see what you got. Mostly the same for most freshmen, but I think Elijah McCantos uh, has a chance to, to make a later impact as well. Um, and, and potentially getting the two deep here pretty pretty shortly. But uh, starting to fill in with this class. I would expect a couple more uh, prep prospects to add in this class. Uh, another DB makes a lot, of a, a lot of sense, especially at safety. Elijah Davis out of Auburndale, Florida, is a kid that took an official visit here recently. USF once had a commitment. They're still pushing for him. So we'll see if Illinois wants to try and close that one down. And then the edge position. Illinois had uh, two guys really on their board that they're looking at. Gabe Jackis, a two-lane commit out of Florida, recently took an official visit to Illinois, a state wrestling champ, has a body like Owen Carney. He's really well put together. Maybe not the most quick twitch guy as an edge prospect, but you think of the outside linebacker position, I think what they like is, is two different kind of body types. One like Isaiah Gay and Seth Coleman, long, athletic, uh, can really drop into coverage when they need to, uh, but also just you know just an athletic freak out there with the length. And then maybe one that's a bigger, more physical guy, kind of like Owen Carney. I think Jockus would be more in that Owen Carney. And, and coming in this year, um, you got a guy like Alec Bryant, who I think is built more like that. Well, another prospect they're going after, and it's a flip candidate. And potentially, 
the second highest prospect in this class, ranked prospect in this class, Curly Thomas. Uh, Illinois is making a big late push for the kid out of Texas, three-star prospect, top 700 prospect in the rankings. He is currently committed to Cal, but Cal hasn't had really good seasons here the last couple years, and he's been interested in other programs, and he just told me he plans an official visit to Illinois just before signing day, the week before signing day. So I haven't even wrote that on the website yet, but a Curly Thomas certainly seems like one to watch here, uh, but he's really athletic. Um, he's had some monster seasons uh, in, in Texas. I believe i, I got to look this up here quickly, but uh, top 600 prospect, number 585 in the composite rankings right now, but he has put up massive numbers in Texas as of just a month ago. Through two varsity seasons, 122 tackles, 38 tackles for loss, 26 sacks. He's 6'4", 240 pounds, so that's a good mix of length, athleticism, and some strength behind it. Um, Maybe Dewan Smoot comparison uh, would be good there, but this would be a big late addition for Illinois. Maybe it's not the four-star prospect that, that gets everybody hyped, but when I think of some of the great gets Illinois has gotten over the last four or five years, it's been guys in this range, Keith Randolph, Seth Coleman, um, you know, some of those defensive linemen, Johnny Newton. Like when Illinois got Johnny Newton, I know he wasn't the highest rank, but you look at the film and I thought, that's a huge get. That's a four-star caliber player. And certainly uh, he's starting to play out like that. So uh, I think I think you get really excited about adding a guy like Curly Thomas and stealing him uh, from a Power 5 program if you're able to do that. Uh, otherwise, I, I think Isaiah Adams is another one to watch. Juco offensive tackle. They need somebody who can come in ready to play, play opposite of uh, Julian Pearl. Maybe Pearl plays left tackle next year, and you get a guy like Adams who can play right, or, or vice versa. It doesn't matter. You just need a really good offensive tackle, and I think Isaiah Adams could be that. Now, Kansas and Lance Leipold, I think, is a heck of a coach. They're going heavy on JUCO prospects. He's got great ties in that area, and obviously Kansas not far from all these JUCO programs, including Garden City. But I think those are really four prospects to look out for. Is Isaiah Adams of JUCO, the two edge prospects, Gabe Jackis and, and Curly Thomas. Don't know if they'd take both, but I'm sure they'll get one of them. And then uh, adding somebody like Elijah Davis, a defensive back, would make a lot of sense. Maybe they're shooting for some stars. Cody Jones, Michigan commit, they've been in for a while. Uh, but I think it would be hard to, to flip a kid from Michigan right now, given what they're doing and given how long he's been committed to them. So I think Illinois has a chance to close out this class pretty well. I think they're going to add a couple more of these prospects in, in 2022. And right now the class is at 45th in the country. You add a couple more of these, I think you got a chance to close out in that top 45 in the country, which I know for Illinois fans isn't like crazy, but relatively, that would be the best recruiting class for Illinois in more than a decade, since 2010. So just to put that in perspective, I mean, this would be a really solid class, and I think you've obviously added a lot of depth. Maybe there's not a four-star headliner in this class, but I just think there's a lot of good football players. And when you consider what they've done in-state, they're trying to build something, trying to get, find guys who fit what they want. I think they've done that on the offensive line. I think they're doing that really well at outside linebacker. I think they're doing really well at running back. Added a lot of talent at wide receiver. And then you find some DBs that you like. The one thing in this class that uh, I, I don't know if they have enough of is defensive linemen. Terrell Jones out of Hoover, Alabama, solid prospect. Um, didn't have you know much of Power 5 offers, but a solid prospect. Gives him length, maybe some versatility on the defensive line. Kind of a blue-collar player. Uh, 
But one, one thing I think they're missing is a nose guard, uh, a really disruptive defensive lineman up front and, and a nose guard who can take up a lot of space. I think that's one position that's kind of gone unfilled here, but maybe they find that in the transfer portal. they got two guys in Calvin Avery uh, and Virtus Brown who we know have talent, uh, but they, they still have some future need at that position, in my opinion. As for the transfer portal, boy, it's filling up. Getting pretty crazy, right? Um, I know everyone's, everyone wants to know uh, what quarterbacks to look at. I, I, Jack Plummer was an interesting name to me. The Duke starter who, who entered the portal. I think it's good you're seeing so many quarterbacks enter the portal. Because there's only so many Power 5 starting spots. And it's only so many Power 5 courting, uh, starting quarterback spots that are guaranteed, right, to start. I mean, Illinois is going to sell to any quarterback. Listen, you're going to come in here and start. Uh, unless you know, Arthur Sikowski beats you out, and I think we all respect Art, but I don't think he's proven himself to be a Big Ten starter. So I think Illinois can just say, look what we have, look what we had last year, you can come in and start right away. I think the hard sell is, what are you going to do in this offense? But I do think Brandon Peters gave him something to work with late in the season. The way he played late in the season showed that, hey, you perform well, Uh, In this offense, you're going to have opportunities to stretch the field, show off your arm, make some down-the-field throws. Our guys weren't good at it this year, but there are opportunities. When you run the ball like we do, you get tight ends like we do, and we continue to add wide receivers. Look look what Isaiah Williams was starting to show. Look what Casey Washington was starting to show late in the year. Deuce Span we think can be pretty good. Maybe Patrick Bryant takes a step forward. Maybe we get you uh, another great target uh, through these, uh, the transfer portal. But, you, of course, you want to shoot your shot for, for guys like a, a former five-star in Harrison Bailey, right? Um, Spencer Rattler I don't think is going to come to Illinois, guys. But there's some really good prospects. Jack Miller, uh, the Ohio State recruit, I don't know if you're going to be able to get him. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of programs that probably have better histories than you at the quarterback position. But I, I don't know if they have any interest in Jack Plummer, right? But Jack Plummer seems a lot like Peyton Ramsey. Right, guy who had some success in the Big Ten as a starter, but a guy outplayed him. The guy behind him, Aiden O'Connell, came up and outplayed him, just like Michael Penix did with Peyton Ramsey. But he could find a spot at Illinois where he's a good starter for them, solid starter, and, and lifts them to, to better days. So I, I think that's the way, that's probably the area, well, kind of the tier that Illinois will get, and I think that'd be good. I think that'd be good for Illinois. I don't know if it's Jack Palmer, I don't know if it's somebody else, but I'm just using him as an example of, of the kind of guy that I think could really, really help Illinois. Then the other positions I think you really got to look at, offensive line, need an interior guy, because uh, I, I do think Josh Cruz could potentially play for you at center next year and do a solid job. Jordan Slaughter, I think, can, can be a starter next year if, if he's all healthy. Zach Barlow, they really like. But I do think you need to add somebody in the interior to help replace Doug Kramer, Alex Palczewski, and Jack Badovinak played really good for them. But I think they'll find that guy. I don't think it's going to be very hard to sell an interior offensive lineman that can come in and be a starter. If you don't get Isaiah Adams, a Juco kid, you need to go find a tackle uh, at some point in this transfer market. A tight end you could need if Daniel Barker moves on, which seems possible. I bet Luke Ford would like to be an NFL player. Did he show enough this year? I think he did as a blocker, uh, but I think he's got to show more as, as a receiver. You need to add a wide receiver. Running back should be good. I would expect Chase Brown to kind of look into what his NFL uh, possibilities are. Um, but I, I think another year could do him pretty well. I think nose guard is a huge position in need. 
I think Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph, you feel really great about that foundation on the defensive line. You need more depth there. Uh, Calvin Aver did show some things, uh, especially in that game against Northwestern. Not that Northwestern's great, but I, I thought he had some flashes there where he had some of his best reps. Virgis Brown had a couple good reps um, late against Iowa. There's talent there, right? But I think you've got to add some competition uh, and maybe some depth on the defensive line because Sed McConnell, Terrell Jones, uh, Terrell Jones, I, I don't think you're going to expect them to, to have, play a huge impact next year. So depth on the defensive line. And then if you get add another edge rusher, um, I, I know I'm basically adding every position here, but uh, I think you'd like to add another edge rusher because I, I do think Seth Coleman, Alec Bryant, DJ Johnson, Ezekiel Holmes, I think you can be solid there. But Owen Carney and Isaiah Gay were really good towards the end of the year. Shimon Cooper, is he a fit for that edge position? I'm not sure. Um, so I, I think if you could add a player like Antonio Doyle, you'd love it. Feel pretty good about linebacker. Don't know if you need to add anything there, to be honest with you. If you can upgrade there, you always want to look to upgrade. Uh, but C.J. Hart, Tariq Barnes, Kalon Tolson, it's a lot of playing time. Like That's a lot of experience and a lot of production there. And maybe Dylan Rosiak, Kanena Odaluga, uh, step up and, and, and can give you some good depth there. After Eddie Smith transfers, I think it's clear you need another corner um, with more experience. Safety you feel good about as long as Sidney Brown, Quan Martin, and, and Kirby Joseph are all back. You, know, you expect Keontae Curry, Joriel Washington, Prince Curry, or Prince Green, uh, one of those guys kind of step in the two deep. Um, I, I think you feel pretty good uh, about that position, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I think you got to upgrade it at almost every position, but the key ones, of course, quarterback, offensive line, and for me, nose guard, and potentially an outside linebacker. I think those are, are huge needs, and I like corner to that because you could add a starter there. But you're going to have 10 or 12 scholarship spots probably to work with uh, in the transfer portal right now. As for guys who have entered the transfer portal, not surprised Kendall Smith uh, enters there. He's had five years here, really good program guy, good special teamer, had some depth, stepped up and, and played a little bit. Uh, but uh, I, th- I think that's the kind of guy that it's going to make sense for them to move on. You've had four years of scholarship. You're not a starter quality. You use your last year of eligibility elsewhere, right? So, Kendall, I, I expect to, to get a good spot uh, somewhere else, and, and maybe you can start for a lower-level program or something like that. Eddie Smith clearly didn't work out. Uh, great talent who went to Alabama, but uh, when he got on the field, just didn't produce this year. Um, so he, he decides to move on. Nick Illinois would, would like to see if they can, you know, get somebody who can start right away and, and upgrade at that scholarship. So maybe we get a surprise uh, of somebody who enters the transfer portal, but I think most of these guys are going to be guys who have been here four years. Uh, Illinois just wants to use that scholarship elsewhere, and they decide to, to see if they can go play a little bit more somewhere else. So I expect, you know, seven to ten transfers out of this program because that's what's going to happen everywhere. Uh, and as long as it's toward the bottom of the roster and you're not getting huge surprises of some of your key players, uh, I think Illinois will, will end up all right. I do think, you know, the transfer portal is going to help Illinois this year. I don't think it's going to hurt them. Uh, I think it's going to help. I think most of these guys have bought into Brett Bielma. They had a solid first season. Seems like they're all bought into this thing. So, Towards the bottom of the roster, you're always going to have that churn. You know, some of these guys in the wide receiver room probably aren't going to be happy. Um, some of these guys who were at the thir- on the thir- you know third string might not be happy. But uh, I-, I think most of the guys who were playing saw that uh, they improved and-, and they got a chance to to really take on big roles next year. So it's going to be a busy off season, and we're going to have a lot of podcasts like this breaking down what to expect, where we go from here. 
But uh, thank you, as always, for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. We'll have Jay Lehman up uh, later on in the week on this podcast, breaking down uh, the finale against Northwestern and offseason ahead. That is going to be big for Brett Bielma and his staff. Check out IlliniEnquirer.com for all the latest on Illinois football, basketball, all of it. The crazy month of November is coming to a close. But December, we got early signing period, transfer portal, and Illinois basketball taking on teams in the Big Ten against Arizona and uh, trying to make even more of a recruiting splash as they try to get ahead in the class of 2023, 2024, everything they're working on. And thank you to all of you, more than 150 people who signed up for our 75% off Black Friday, Cyber Monday sale. Can't thank you enough for giving us a chance. And if you haven't gotten in on the fun yet, you can sign up for $1 for your first month. Still pretty good deal or 30% off your first year. I uh, want to say it, uh, we appreciate everything you guys do. For We work hard, but uh, your guys' support uh, pushes us to work hard and, and really makes us work hard because we want to make sure your VIP membership is worth it. So hope you're enjoying that. Hope you enjoy these podcasts. And as always, everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time on the Online Enquirer podcast. Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!